Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. Ephesians chapter 4, 7, 11 to 13. But each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Somebody say grace was given. Verse 11, and he himself, meaning Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Somebody say fullness of Christ. Father, that is what we desire. That's what we aim for. That's what we long for. That's what we want to happen and see in operation in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that in Christ we know that we are full, but we want to see that fullness displayed. Thank you, Jesus, for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for enlightenment. Thank you, Lord God, that we will be able to see and hear the things that you will reveal in the Spirit that we may fully know and understand and have a greater understanding of who our Jesus is. I pray that you lift up sad hearts, that you restore broken hearts, that you give light to those who need to see where they need to go. I pray that in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. I said, I'll give you a background on how we came about. Uh, this Throughout the week, we were... We were teaching at uh, NLTC, that's the Bible School of Alabang, and some of you are students here. And uh, <clears throat> uh, Pastor Mitch and I were, were teaching uh, ministry gifts, and uh, as I was thinking, I was, uh, we were teaching that, it, it just came to me that, hey, wait a minute, it's not just exclusive for Bible School students to understand what this scripture is about. But I believe the church itself will benefit in understanding what, what the scripture that we just read means. And uh, whether you know it or not, when you come to service, when you come to church, we open the Bible and we go through some scriptures and, and uh, hopefully we glean something, we learn something, something is revealed to us, we are enlightened in, the, in, the, in, in our minds, in our hearts, that we know something better now than, we, than before. We didn't know about, uh, you know, uh, the meanings of this. But more importantly, get a glimpse of who our Jesus is. So I believe, to a certain degree, we ought to be Bible students anyway. So are you ready as students to learn something different? Praise the Lord for those seven, amen, because I heard about seven distinct voices there. Now, um, if we read through the scripture, the scriptures that we just read, there are certain things that have been given. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. If we would be honest, our understanding did not extend beyond evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Because we see that very evidently displayed in the body of Christ, in the local churches. Most of the time, we know evangelists would probably be the ones that would have big gatherings or gatherings here and there. They would have crusades or what, whatever you call them. And they would be the one preaching, declaring the good news, and then people would come forward or people would be healed and miracles, signs, wonders happening, and, and stuff like that. And we call that, oh, that's that guy, he's an evangelist. We understand a little bit. We understand, of course, pastors, because they're the ones who are in the local church. They're the ones who's ministering. They're the ones who's preaching. They're the ones doing the wake, and the funeral, and the baptism, and, and this, and that. And we need something. Pastor, I need... To dedicate my house, pastor, I need to dedicate my car, pastor, I need, you know, somebody sick, go to the hospitals, pastor, somebody died, pastor, my cat died. Whatever it is that you want the pastor to do, 
He's all over the place. And sometimes they end up leading the worship. Sometimes if they're starting out the church, they end up uh, setting up the speakers, the, whatever. And so you expect them to do all of that and still attend to you when you call at 2 o'clock in the morning, Pastor, I need help. And the pastor is dying because he's doing all these things. That's what happens. But praise God, we've got a lot of help here in this place. As you can see, I don't look like I'm dying. I look like I'm overfed. But that's what we expect. And of course, teachers, we have Bible schools, we have seminaries. Some are more cemeteries than seminaries. But we have that. We have teachers. Okay, so we understand how these things operate, but we don't have an understanding a little bit, or I think it's a little better now that we understand what an apostle is and a prophet. But let me talk about all of them as one. They were given for a purpose. In fact, if you want to put a title to this message, you can put whatever you want. No, I'm just kidding. You can, I'm, just listen, I'm just wondering if you're listening. No? You can put divine governor, governance precedes fullness. Divine governance or divine order precedes fullness. Anybody, if I ask here, does anybody, anybody want fullness in their lives? Last week, if you were here, we were talking about fullness in Christ. But in the scripture here, we read about fullness of Christ. Fullness of Christ. I, if we just put the two together, I don't think you can get to fullness of Christ without understanding fullness in Christ. In Christ, as an individual, as a person, as a believer, you are already full in Him, and every spiritual blessing is upon you and available to you. But we want to move towards what it means to have fullness of Christ, and we won't get there unless we understand or have a revelation of how God sets, sets things in order. God is a God of order. Um, you can just look at the stars and how God sets all these things into motion. When, when everything was started in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then He begins to lay out. Something happened. You know, there was chaos. And then He comes into the chaos and begins to order things. This is day one. This is what's going to happen day two, day three, day, all the way to day eight. Is it eight days? I may have a different Bible than you. But <laughs> it's day six, right? And then he rested on the seventh. God is a God of order. He orders things. The Bible says he orders our steps. But how do you get there? How, how does he order your steps? He does not go beyond the authorities that he's already set in motion in, on the earth today. Another example of order. If you want to see miracles and 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 things like that operating in your life, um, we need to look at the pattern of Jesus. Anybody want miracles in your life? Anybody believing for something impossible at this time in your life? Uh, perhaps all of us. And Jesus, knowing what he would already do, asked his disciples, uh, told his disciples, give people to eat, something to eat. And of course, they didn't have food. Somebody said, we don't have enough money. Somebody said, well, we have a little food. This kid has some food, but that's not enough. And then Jesus said, well, then you feed them. And of course, they were shocked. And Jesus said, you know what? Just give me, the, give me whatever food you have. He prayed. He thanked God. And he gave an order to his disciples to set people in 50s, groups of 50s, and have them sit down. What did Jesus do? He set people in order. Can you imagine? Just imagine. I'm sure you've seen this scenario before where... If, if, if there's a food truck somewhere and somebody say, free food! In the middle of, uh, 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 of just there, outside Market Market, the Fiesta Market, you bring a truck and you say, I'm giving away uh, uh, five kilos of rice per person. Do you, th what kind of, you know, if you don't say that there's a line or whatever, do you think people will just fight over, even if you, te even if you tell them, I'm giving a hundred pesos. That's not a lot, right? But people will fight over 100 pesos for free. There will be chaos. And God understands that everyone will not receive until, unless everyone is in order. People will fight. People will get from whatever. So God is a God of order. Somebody say, God is a God of order. 
I mean, even personally, do you want order in your life? You want order in your life. You want to get home to a place that's orderly. Okay? Now, you may have a different interpretation of order to the person sitting beside you. But as far as you're concerned, it's organized chaos. Maybe, but you still want order. So, if we want fullness to be in operation in our lives, God wants to set things in order. In fact, let's look at the reason why God sent the fivefold ministers. Now, we're just talking about, because that's the scripture here, we're just talking about the fivefold ministers. But it is not limited to the fivefold ministers. They're just there. Uh, 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 God set them because they're the ones that are prominent in any local setting. But there's also helps and governments and administrations and gifts of healing and all of that. But that's another preaching. Let's look at the reason why God set order. And by, I, when I say order, I also mean uh, certain people in authority. Now, people, some people, if not all people, of course not all people, they are somewhat guarded when it comes to authority because people are afraid that somebody will begin to tell them what to do. Order them about, lord over them, rule over them dictate over their lives. And if that's our thinking, then we don't have an understanding on how God sets uh, authority over people. God, it does not mean whoever the authority is, he's more or she is more important than another person. Jesus paid the, the same price for you and for the minister. Do you know the price? The price is, of course, the blood of Jesus Christ. He's the price for you. He's the price for me. But what's the reason why they're there? Let's go to verse 12. It says in verse 12 that they were sent for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Let's stay there first. For the equipping, the training, the developing, the education, the uh, uh, making sure that they would know what to do. Equipping. That's equipping. Of the saints. Now, if you ask a person outside, what is a saint? What do you think would be the initial answer B? A saint would probably be somebody who is ordained and canonized, right? Because in this culture, the understanding of saint in our minds is when we see an image, that's the person who has a thingy on their heads. Right? Or that's somebody that, you know, they, they made an image and some people pray to that person. That's the saint. And right away, we don't associate ourselves with a saint because saints are special people who've attained and who were able to accomplish certain things in their life, gave their lives, they made sure they died and sacrificed themselves. And then when they died, even while they were dead, even when dead, they were still performing of miracles. That's the general idea of a saint for us. And so we don't associate ourselves with that because we've been taught that way. Well, that's not how the scripture sees it because how can you equip somebody who's already dead? Right? So it must be a little different. We need to go back to what it meant before. A saint is simply somebody who believes Jesus Christ, that he is God that He died for us, that He was buried for us, and He was risen from the grave. Do you believe that Jesus is all of that? Did you give your life to Jesus Christ? I therefore conclude that you are a saint. You're a saint. Tell somebody you're a saint. And sabihin mo, oh, lang. Right. Now, do we feel like we're a saint all the time? Absolutely not. Except probably Pastor Mitch, as far as I'm concerned, she's a saint. Okay? But praise God, we, are, we approach God by faith, not, not by feelings. We, we need to begin to see ourselves not according to how we feel that day, but according to how God sees us on any given day. And He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He equips the saints for what? For the work of the ministry. Somebody read that. For the what? For the work of the ministry. In other words, the ministry is not just exclusive to the ones who are working full-time in the church. If you're a saint, raise your hand. If you believe Jesus, you're a saint. So now, the truth is, you are being equipped. When is that happening? Right now. You're being equipped right now. You can attend a life group, you're still being equipped. You can attend a uh, nightlife, you're being equipped. Right? Every time you go there, that there's equipping going on. So you're being equipped for the work of the ministry. The truth is, you don't have to be full-time in church to be working in a ministry. Each and every person here, you have a ministry. If you don't know that now, now you know it. You know why? The Bible says so. For the work of the ministry, there is no one here exempt from being part of what God is doing. That's ministry. His kingdom moving on the earth. That's ministry. But I have work and it's a secular work. Well, it may be, that's what it, was, that's what it is according to how people see it. That's why you need to ask God, Lord, where do you want me to be? And if you follow what He said, guess what? As far as you're concerned, you're a minister in that place. Because you're not just there to make money for yourself or to do a work. You're there to shine the light of the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ and display His grace on other people. That's why, that's the real reason you're there. Now, don't come to me and, and say, hindi ako pumasa sa interview at work because when they ask me, what's your purpose here? I'm here to tell the gospel. No, they won't understand. Okay? There is work to be done, but your true purpose is to shine the light of who God is. His goodness and His love. And another thing is for the edifying of the body. Edifying, uh, I don't know how often you use the word edifying in your day-to-day uh, life. Oh, I got edified today. It simply means you were built up, you were encouraged, you were strengthened, hope was infused, that you know, you believe there's something better for you. That's why you want to stand up, you want to continue, you want to pursue. You are built up. That's what it means. You are built up. You're stronger today than yesterday. Gift upon gift, strength upon uh, strength, favor upon favor, gift heap upon gift. That's what we said last week. What's happening when you're building up? That's exactly what's going on. You're being edified. You're a better person now than you were before because you've been edified. You've been built up. You have matured. You are being perfected. That's what's going on. And that's in a nutshell, that's the purpose of why the fivefold ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that's why we are here to help you. And then it gives also a time frame because some people would believe, well, the time for some of those are done. It's no longer operational in our modern age. Well, then let's continue to read the scripture in verse 13. Till we all come. When you say until, it gives you the idea that it will happen until this one happens. It will continue. It will carry on until it gives a time frame for when something is going to end. But what is the sign until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It simply means that it will continue to happen until we are all united in our knowledge of who Jesus is. It did not mean, it did not say that we are united in our doctrine. It did not mean that we are united in how we interpret certain things. It does not mean we are united or uniform in our... Can you imagine if Christ will come if we are uniform in how long our hair is? If you're a girl, it should be this length or whatever. If you're a guy, at least you should have hair. I don't know. Whatever. 
We should all be in this color when we come. No, God loves diversity. Can you look at the person beside you? They're different from you. And somebody say, praise God. Right? Unity does not mean uniformity. God likes diversity, but diversity that is together. We're all, we do not compete, but we complete. Right? The gifting that we have. Right? It doesn't mean you're not complete without the other person. No, you are complete in Christ. But your purpose as a, on a bigger picture, you need somebody to run alongside you. To, the, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, if you want fullness of Christ, we need to be trained, we need to be equipped so that we can do the ministry. We are built up until we know we are united that Jesus Christ is our King, our Lord, our Savior. The focus is always about Him. We may disagree on certain things. Like, for example, uh, do you have people living in, in the same house you live in? Most likely, right? Do you agree with them 100% every day, every hour, every minute? Yes, woohoo, yeah! Is it always like that? In your house? Minsan nga, paglabas mo ng CR, ba't ka nang pangit naman ang suot mo? But we can get to a point where we realize, regardless of denomination, regardless of interpretation, regardless of preference, we can all agree, you know what? God is really good. Jesus is really beautiful. When we focus on that, I believe we're coming, I believe we're seeing the day that churches, denominations are coming together because they're setting aside the, differ the differences because in truth, we have one thing that unites us. One thing that unites us. Now, let's set that aside for now because that's how the church is governed. There are certain things that God has set to now help and grow the body for order's sake. And these people are set there. Let's set that aside for now. In, in the scripture, the number 12 becomes very prominent. Now you remember, at the beginning of the year, we announced that New Life the Fort is celebrating its 12th year. We are 12 years old, years old as New Life the Fort. And 12 actually is very significant for us. That's the reason why we said this is the year of fullness. Because 12 represents in the scripture God's authority and power. God's divine order. That's what it represents. When you see 12 in the Bible, right away you're thinking, okay, this, this also represents divine order, complete order. How many tribes of Israel? 12 tribes of Israel. How many disciples that later on became apostles? Twelve. And these are really set to have authority over a sphere or, or places. They were there to set things in order. In fact, if you expand that a little bit later on, when, come, when, the, when God's government comes down in the book of Revelations, Revelation, when, the, when His government comes down, and is physically uh, represented by the new Jerusalem. This is Revelation, book of Revelation. The Bible says there are so many twelves in the, in the new Jerusalem. One of them will be, there will be twelve gates in that city. Twelve gates made of uh, one piece of pearl per gate. It's amazing. Gate is very telling because in the scripture, you'll find that there are people sitting by the gate. You have Absalom, you have Lot, you have several people sitting by the gate. I think it was uh, uh, Boaz was also sitting at the gate. What that simply means, when, when you read in Scripture, somebody is sitting by the gate, they become a gatekeeper to a certain degree. They are the ones given the authority to allow or disallow somebody going in and out or something going in and out. You have been given the authority to say no to this one or yes to this one. In other words, let, let's say this. You have been given the... We're talking about gates. Gates can close. Gate, gates can be locked. 
And you open them with keys. And the Bible says, Jesus himself said, you have been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you permit here is permitted there. Whatever you do not permit here is not permitted there. What is that? You have become a gatekeeper to a certain degree, especially in your own life. Whatever you open up is allowed. Whatever you don't allow, you close. You have been given the key. You have been given authority. Remember? When, when Jesus said that to Peter, he was talking to all believers. But again, the theme of divine authority and 12 uh, uh, becomes highlighted because 12 represents governmental, divine governmental order. Now, let's proceed. The fivefold ministers are there to help you, to equip you. And some people are afraid to give authority to somebody because it's possible that it will be abused, misused, or somebody does not know how to operate it and, you know, mess it up. And that certainly has happened. But if your heart is to follow God, you don't have to be afraid that somebody will, will mistreat you or whatever because God can speak to you. You can say no. Well, this is wrong. If, if somebody in authority is already telling you to do something wrong, you can say no. You have the Spirit of God in you, right? But God also set these things in order. In fact, there is higher accountability if you step into a particular office. The Bible says, James chapter 3, verse 1, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Now, it does not mean you will not go to heaven. It simply means the judgment there is not whether or not you can make it to heaven. You, a heaven has been made available for you because of Jesus Christ and receiving Him as Lord. That cannot be taken away from you. But, the Bible also says that there will be rewards given out and handed out in heaven according to whether or not people actually followed what He said. And if you follow what He says, it will actually benefit you. Do you know that it doesn't add or take away from God if one disobeys or not? You take away from you or you take away or you, you don't give an opportunity for somebody to see who God is. Did you hear what I said? You don't take away anything from God. God is not, does not become less God when somebody does not obey Him. But when He gives you something, when He shares something, when He promises something to you, it is always for your benefit and those around you. Right? That's why some people... They're afraid of uh, giving themselves. But in fact, there is always safety being under authority. There's always safety being under authority. Do you know that the way God set things in order here on earth, okay, ideally, now it may not happen, there are some tragic uh, events that happen in people's lives, but the way God designed things is that a person is already born being part of a, of a, of a group and there's hierarchy in that group. They, we usually call it family. A person, ideally, person is born within a family unit where there's a father, there's mother, and you know, maybe siblings. And in that family unit, there's also hierarchy. But this hierarchy, this order operates in love. Do you understand? So it's not a remote, remote idea for us to understand what authority means because God said it that way anyway. And when you expand that and think about the family of God, of course, He also sets people in order. You have been part, you are part of God's uh, household, God's family. Now, those who are in authority, those who are 
the ones uh, assigned in the office to help govern the body of Christ. The Bible says this, Hebrews chapter 13, 17, verse 7 and 17. Bible says this. Now, I'm not saying this for you to begin to honor, honor me more. No. I want, I want things that will benefit you. What I'm after is the fullness of God that He has intended for you. That's what I want. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the Word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, it's saying that, you know, it's, it's one thing to hear to what they're saying. It's also important to look at how they're living. If it matches, remember those who rule and teach the Word of God to you. Verse 17 would say, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch over your souls as those who must give account. There you go again. We have to give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would not be profitable for you. In other words, it's saying, you know, whoever is your, who's leading over you, whether it's life group leader, whether it's ministry head, department head, or pastor, guess what? It's important that there's mutual submission, honoring, and respect ought to be operate, operating there. Otherwise, they would feel burdened and tired and worn out. And when they're tired and worn out and sad and, you know, problematic with all things, what can they minister to you? In other words, it will not be profitable. You will not benefit if the leader is so burdened with things. But I... I'm not burdened with things. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this congregation. Not really, you know, it's, it's a joy for us, you know. And I pray that it's profitable for you, the things that we're speaking here. First, Peter chapter 5, verse 2 to 3. This is designated for those who God has appointed. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve. I understand that there may be some people, they're there because they want to profit from the congregation. But we're not here to profit from you. Our God is our supply. God will supply all our needs according to His riches and glory. We are here to serve. You know, I have just have this sense that somebody here, God's, God's been calling you into something higher, into, into maybe first step would probably be helping out, but God has something for you. And uh, you've, been, you've been doing the cha-cha with the Lord. Yeah. Never really moving forward. It's just here. Yes, Lord. No, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. No, 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 Lord. Wagyan, Lord. And it's not moving forward. God is beckoning you. Come, because there's so much more. It's not just about you. Amen? Hallelujah. If you, let's just say that you allow yourself to go under an authority. I believe there's great benefit for somebody who understands the divine order of things. Again, don't think because maybe somehow this is what we're thinking. I remember this is personal experience. I don't know about your family or whatever. But at least before in our congregations, in our family uh, decades back, that if somebody is working for the church, somebody becomes a priest, somebody becomes a pastor, fam the whole family will rejoice. Because they're thinking at least we already have a spokesperson for us. Mas malapit yan kay Lord, lapit ka dyan. Okay na tayong family because meron na tayong representative. I don't need to be, to be closer to God. He's close to God. Whatever you want, go to Him. But this is wrong thinking. A priest, a father, a pastor, a minister does not mean they're closer to God than somebody here. We all have equal access. You can directly, with boldness, go to the throne of grace and find help in time of need. You have access. You don't ever need to go to some... You can go to somebody to agree with you. 
You don't go to somebody because you think they're closer to God. Because when they pray, it's as if God hears them. When I pray to God, it's as if my prayer is not going through the roof. Bumabalik sa akin? Lord, 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 Lord. ka, Lord, Lord. Sabi ni Lord, andito lang ako. Hello, wag ka na sumigaw. Right? Wrong thinking. You have the same access. But if you understand, if you understand that, then it's not hard for you. It's, it shouldn't be to say, okay, that's... Do you know, if somebody comes to you and says it, because I never do it. If somebody comes to you and says, you, you should be under me. From now on, I am your pastor. I alone. If you want to talk to God, talk to me first. That's off. Okay? Our part really is it's to help you so you can hear from God. Can you imagine if all of you is dependent on the pastor to hear from God? Moses, <laughs> in the Old Testament, his father-in-law said, you're going to die and the people are going to die. This is not good. That's why our heart is really to help you understand the Scripture, understand that you are, you're the child of God, you have access to your Father. And our parts go, God told me this. Really? Well then, praise the Lord. Let's, uh, I agree with you. Come on. Or maybe I think you should pray again. Maybe that's a different Lord. Maybe drug Lord Yan or something. I don't know. Alright? But there's this guy who, who, <laughs> who experienced a miracle in his life because his understanding is a bit different. He did not come before God uh, uh, waving the flag of, you, you know what, I'm all-powerful. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10, I believe. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 8 instead. Matthew chapter 8. Verse 5 to 10. It says here, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. The Roman officer, he's a centurion. Now, let's pause for a bit. A Roman officer, a centurion, goes before the Lord. Now, Jesus is a Jew. Jews were under the government, the, under the rule of the Roman Empire because Rome conquered Israel and the Jews. So if you're a conquered nation, the people who's ruling over you ought to have more authority than the conquered people. Is this true? Now, here comes a Roman officer, a centurion, who's in charge of a hundred soldiers, centurion, century, hundred soldiers, goes before Jesus Christ, pleading with Him. That's something that's very interesting already. And then He continues to say this, verse uh, 6. He says, the centurion said, Lord. That's interesting too. Because when you say Lord, you are acknowledging something vocally. You are Lord over me. You are superior to me. You are higher than I am. Lord, say, uh, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus Christ said, because his heart is to help people, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. In other words, let's go to your house. But this guy, who could have simply said, you, I heard you're a healer. Come to me. Could have said that. But he goes before the Lord and said, Lord, please come. I didn't even say come. He just said, this is what's happening. Jesus was the one said, who said, I will come. Whose idea was it to go? Jesus. Let's continue. Verse 8. Then the guy said, but the officer, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. In other words, the centurion said, No, 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 no. Don't come. Now, let's just pause for a bit. If Jesus says to you, Go, I'll go to your house. Would you accept him? Yes. Right? Even if it's just for Chica. That's what we'll do. Especially if somebody needs help in your house. Yes, please come. 
Remember, there is a guy who's Jewish, who's a leader of the synagogue. His name is Jarius. Right? He's a Jew. Has relationship somehow connected to Jesus because they're both Jews. But the request of Jarius was, Come, my daughter is dying. Come to my house. But somehow this guy, who's not even Jewish, who was not trained in the ways and the oracles of God, recognized this guy. He said, Lord. And then he said, no, 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 you don't have to come. What did he say? Only speak a word. He didn't say, speak a paragraph. <laughs> didn't say, speak a verse. Or speak. He said, even if it's just a word. Even if maybe it's just, hmm. Can Hmm. Okay. Even if it's just a word. My servant will be healed. He understood something. And then he begins to explain. Let's listen to what he said. Verse 9. For I am a man in authority. What did he say? I am a man in authority, having soldiers under me. What did he say? Did he say, I am a man in authority? Or he said, I am a man under authority. So he didn't approach Jesus with a mindset na, boss ako, alam ko yan. No, he said, no, 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 I am under authority. I am accountable. I answered to somebody. In other words, he humbled himself before Jesus. It's the best way to approach God. You don't approach God by thinking, Lord, I attended church. I gave tithe. I gave everything. I gave even my underwear, Lord. Lahat binigay ko. You don't go approach, approaching God with, with that mindset. You just, Lord, Lord, you are my king. You understand who he is. And then he says, now he has authority. He says, I go to this one. I tell this one, go. He goes. I, call, I tell this one, come. He comes. And he understood that. And he's saying, the way I understand when I order people about, it's, that's the way I see you. You can order sickness and disease to go away. What a different mindset. You know what Jesus said? Next verse, verse 10. Jesus says, When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Can you imagine? The guy is still there. And he's talking to his disciples. He said, guys, 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 listen. Peter, James, quiet. Shh, I'm speaking. This guy here, they're probably guarded. May centurion. Ano bang gagawin ng centurion? May espada. Right? I don't know. I'm just imagining things. But he said, wait, guys. Wait. This guy's faith is amazing. In other words, he, he's also rebuking the disciples. He said, I'm not, I haven't even seen this faith in all Israel. You put your faith together and all the people in Israel, not compared to this guy. He understands something that we don't. That guy was a Gentile. Guess what? You're a Gentile. You believe Jesus Christ. You believe, Lord, just say the word. It will happen. I'll say this. I didn't say this to other people. A special kasikaw. Special kasikaw. You're all special. Turn to somebody. Special ka talaga. Special ka. Sabi ko na eh. Iba yung motivation nyo eh. Listen. <laughs> Turn to somebody. Said, you know, this guy's faith is amazing. Because he understands something. Just say the word. You can go before God. Because a lot of us, Lord, give me a miracle. Give me a miracle. I want this. I want that. Show me the money, Lord. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> That's what we want. A lot of us, Lord, just, just, because a lot of people think, just give me, send me the money, I'll be fine. Well, that's not the answer. You know what would be good? Lord, just give me a word. If you give me a word, that's it. I know it's true. Case closed. Somebody said that before. God said it. I receive it. Case closed. That's it. There's no argument, nothing. What if we operate like, do you have a word for something in your life? That's, 
That's the exact thing that you need to change the situation, the word. Right? I'll end with this. If you want fullness to operate in your life, we need to allow the people that speak the Word of God in your life to have space in our lives. In other words, not only that we believe God, we, we should know God enough that when somebody is speaking on His behalf, we would know if it's from God. Okay? Don't just believe anybody because they have a title. Alright? We're not moved by titles. We are moved by the Spirit of God. And Bible says here, Matthew chapter 10, verse 41, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who believes, receives a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. I'll relate the story to you. In the book of Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Write it out. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Israel came under attack. In fact, Judea and Jerusalem came under attack. Enemies came from different parts. And, and uh, Jerusalem was surrounded by enemies. Multitudes of enemies. It's a small city. It's a small kingdom. And they were afraid. And the king, whose name is Jehoshaphat, called the people and they said, and he said, let's fast. We need to go before the Lord. Because they were afraid. They were, they were about to get annihilated. Enemies came. Have you ever felt in your life that when, a prob when, when problems came, it didn't just come in single thing. It, it just came, just you feel surrounded. Have you ever felt surrounded by anything? You can't even think, Lord, I don't know what to do. Have you ever felt like that? Well, then I think this will minister to you. So while they were gathered, somebody stood up. Verse 14 says, this guy stood up. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. <laughs> it's just making sure this, that's really the guy. That's him. There's no other Jeariah. That's him. The son of this, the son of that, the son of that. Tribe of Levi. Levi is a group of priests. So this guy actually has authority. And the Spirit of God came upon him at that time. And he stood up with boldness. Because he understood, this is not just my thinking. God is speaking. And then he said this. Listen. Listen all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And you King Jehoshaphat. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. The battle is not yours, New Life the Fort. So it gave confidence. He's already edifying. He's already building up. Next verse. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. He said, the battle of the Lord is the Lord's, but I want you to get up tomorrow morning and face them anyway. Isn't it true that sometimes when we have problems all over the place, we wake up in the morning and you don't want to get up? Because I don't even want to face... I don't know. What? I don't, you come up with... I'm watching paint dry. I'm busy. Whatever it is. Because we don't want to face it. But God, this guy is saying, no, you face it. Face it. Next verse. You will not need to fight in this battle. Maybe this is for you. You don't need to fight this battle, but position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and for the Lord is with you. You know what happened the next day, early morning, verse 20. What did it say? They rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, No more the guy. It's not anymore the guy who stood up earlier or the day before and repeated. No, it's already the king. He said, Okay, you heard what we said, what was said. Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. This is what he said. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. We are established because we, we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. 
He's our foundation. He's, but believe His prophets and you shall prosper. Prosper is the word shalom. It means complete, fulfilled. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You want to have the established, you want to be established, you want to be founded, but the one that fills that and allows you to experience all the things that God has prepared, you believe in His prophets. That's the prophet's reward. We may be speaking th- here, but be very uh, discerning when God is speaking into your heart, maybe through the preaching of the word. Because we don't stand up here often and say, okay, you, ganito mangyayari sa'yo, ikaw, ikaw, ikaw. Yung, yung isa, medyo kulot. Bakit ka kulot? Sabi ni Lord, wag daw kulot. I don't know. We don't do that. We don't do that. But in your light, I find light. So just be in the presence here where the word is being spoken. I believe the Spirit of God is speaking to somebody. If you give me a little bit more time, I want to speak a prophetic word to you, New Life the Fort. Is that okay? Because we will put together now the divine governance, 12 12 years, year of fullness, and what God is about to do in our midst. Let me read just, uh, this, was, this was sent to me 2015, three years ago. Three years ago, we were not the lead pastors. We were supporting our pastor, my pastor, Pastor Giselle. Three years ago, I didn't know that, uh, I wasn't thinking about what we will do what we will, you know, what will be our theme for 2018. Twelfth year. I didn't know about fullness. I didn't know about twelfth year. I wasn't thinking that ahead. But this was sent to me, and I got reminded of it recently, and I go, wow, I think God already prepared something years before, and uh, I shared it to some people, but I think it's about time to share it with you guys. And if this ministers to you, I want you to grab hold of it. I will read it, but they will show it there as well. As I was beginning, this is a a, a vision or or something, a dream that was given to Lana Vosser. April 24, 2015. Three years ago, almost. And it says there, as I was beginning to wake up this morning in that in-between state, I had a dream. Before me, I saw four huge cyclones. Cyclones, huge whirlwinds, and they were spinning so fast and moving towards me, but there was not an inch of fear, but a welcoming in my heart as I knew they were sent from Him. As these whirlwinds were coming toward me, I saw the number 12 in the middle of each of these heavenly clones. The word fullness began to boom in my heart and spirit. Fullness, fullness, fullness. Then the words Four winds were booming in my heart and spirit, and I woke up. Since this dream, I have felt the Lord speaking, the four winds of heaven are coming, carrying fullness in their midst. So I saw so many in the body of Christ in a position of travail, crying and and crying out for fullness. The Lord has been speaking a lot this year about fullness, and He continues to bring it up in encouragement for His people. And yet, for many, of the, for many, the process continues to extend. But I believe that we are on the brink of seeing the fulfillment of many words that have been given individually and corporately being released. After this dream this morning, my spirit feels so pregnant with expectation and the atmosphere is pregnant with acceleration and provision. I was talking with a friend of mine, his name's Steve Schultz. I mentioned to him the dream, and this is what he said to me. There is a true imminent acceleration in the air. Right here, I say that. Imminent acceleration. And that's exactly put in the words what I felt coming out of that dream. There is true imminent. Imminent means to occur at any moment, impending and overhanging. In this place, I declare, I speak Impending. Any moment now, it's going to happen. Any moment. Acceleration happening right now. The significance of the number four means open door. There's an open door for His fullness. 
in your life. And I believe the Lord is opening doors to fullness. The Lord then said to me, notice the number 12 in the middle of the cyclone, divine governance. Many are feeling like they're standing in the middle of a storm and in the middle of a whirlwind where everything is being picked up, shaken around and turned upside down. Many are feeling like they're standing in the middle of, a, of chaos and turbulence and fullness seems further away than ever. The truth is that they're standing right in the middle of fullness meeting them. They're standing right in the position of receiving the fullness of many, many, many of my promises. Not just one, but a backlog of my promises being fulfilled. I then saw mountain after mountain after mountain of promises before the people of God. So many promises they have been contending and believing for, but none had moved yet. As these heavenly cyclones came and rested upon the first mountain, it burst open, releasing such treasure, fulfilled promises and words. But not only did one burst open, but then suddenly in acceleration, one after another after another began to erupt with fulfilled promises. The people of God have been contending for promises. I have given them for a long time and fullness shall be seen suddenly. Let it be so for those who will receive. Let it be so for those who will receive. And release a chain reaction of momentum and the backlog of other promises shall be released at once. My four winds are being released across the entire body of Christ, across the whole earth, releasing fullness of promises. Tell my people to keep standing, for they are standing in impending accelerated fullness. I say that to you, new life to fourth. I pray you believe and you receive. You believe his prophets, you will prosper. Amen. Close your eyes and bow your heads. Hallelujah. If you are here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you're hearing these words, and you believe and you want fullness in your lives, listen, you cannot have fullness in your life without realizing the fullness that you want can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. You may have been a very religious person. You may have been a, a really good person. But it's not your goodness that will satisfy God. It is the goodness of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to know He's already forgiven you. He's not waiting for you to do something else. He's just waiting for you to believe Him and accept Him in your life. If you want fullness in your life, if you want divine governance in your life, divine governance starts with this. Lord, Jesus, I believe in you. If you want that, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, or if you gave your life before, but today you want to rededicate your life because somehow, some way, you've missed you've lost your way and you're here again listening to this and you just want to rededicate your life I want you to raise your hand I'm going to ask I'm going to count to three when you hear me say three raise your hand if this is you if this is not for you it's okay but if this is for you say pastor that's me I want you to raise your hand when you hear me say three ready don't look around just bow your heads close your eyes one two three if that's you raise your hand there you go. I see some hands. Go ahead. Just leave it up. Leave it up. If this is you, leave it up. There you go. Higher for those some people, just so people can see. I can see it. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand and you know this is you, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to shower you with much joy today. Pray this. Father, I thank you, Father, thank you. that you sent your son, Jesus. You sent your son, Jesus. Today, I surrender my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. That you shed your blood for me. I am washed clean. Forgiven and pure. Righteous in your sight. 
Today, I receive fullness in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's celebrate those lives. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Thank you.